0: Hello everyone, my name is Joanna Taylor. I am a public policy major partner.
1: My name is Abby Hernandez. I am also a student at UIC. Um, my major is disability and human development, and I'm minoring in social justice, which is honestly a great major, and I recommend it for everyone.
0: <laughs> um, I also recommend public policy. Kappa is amazing, so shout out to Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are going over the documentary film disclosure mm-hmm. for our GWS and second analysis assignment. Mm-hmm. and
1: yeah okay so some of the themes we will be covering during uh, today's podcast and analysis of the film is uh, masculinity as a uh, social structure, debates over biology and choice with respect to sexuality patriarchal dominance as a structural issue intersectionality with respect to systems of power and social hierarchy uh gender and sexuality as a spectrum of identities versus binaries and white privilege and so just uh stay tuned to to hear us talk about those things
0: (laughs) brb (laughs) brb
1: about uh, the documentary film, Disclosure, um, is that it was initially released on January 27th, 2022. It was directed by Sam Fetter, uh, produced by Sam Fetter and Amy Shoulder, and then it was executive uh, produced by uh, Leverin Cox, Michael Sherman, and more. It has won the GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Documentary and yeah um was this your first time watching it joe
0: no this was actually my second time watching it i had watched it back in 2020 um i'm not sure i'm not sure if it was before the pandemic or after but um yeah so it was it was good to re-watch because i think i've learned so much in those two years two and a half years i've taken um, a few gender and women's studies classes, (laughs) so, um, yeah, but what did you think of the film?
1: Um, so, it was my first time watching it, and I personally found it, uh, very, like, informative, and also Mm -hmm. very, um, like, like, thought-provoking and emotion-provoking, because, I mean, um, I hope you don't mind me <laughs> saying this, but you and I are both members of the LGBTQ plus community. So to see, well, the way I felt was to see a fellow member of the community really like, well, fellow members. Because uh, throughout the documentary film Disclosure, we really get a, a sense of like the personal experiences of a ton of uh, trans Uh, individuals like Mm -hmm. they have this sort of uh, like way of like interviewing people and then also including clips from different uh, trans identities trans characters and so it's just a very like there's a lot of like diverse storylines
0: yeah I thought it was really interesting how they just go over the whole history of Mm -hmm. transgender individuals throughout film and they you know kind of ended it as like we still have a lot of work to do but this is kind of where we are at now and how far we've come even though we still have a lot more. In the beginning of the documentary they go over the first few films that were made and how a lot of the you know humor in it was men cross-dressing and dressing up as women and being you know femi- feminine, um, kind of ditzy and like in a silly, silly mood, I guess. Um, and Laverne Cox has this one line where she's talking about how they were, they were doing it in like a mocking, a uh, way of mocking womanhood. And I think that there is a well known, well not well known enough, um, filmmaker D. W. Griffith. Griffith who was extremely racist and transphobic and homophobic and who portrayed um, all of these ideals, but in a um, almost in a patriotic way. Um, His film, A Birth of Our Name, was shown at the White House.
1: So the way that D.W. Griffith really made his movies, and obviously we're uh, analyzing his films, through, like, the modern lens, we have the language and the vocabulary to really put it into words, the really harmful things he was doing. Um, I think it really hones back into the patriarchal dominance as a structural Mm -hmm. issue because when we consider how, like, uh, D.W. Griffith was essentially one of the founders of, like, modern film and how, um, terribly he portrayed, like, like two marginalized communities that still struggle with the form of representation they have, I think it's then important that we recognize a structural issue within the film industry. Like like uh, patriarchy is inherently racist. It's inherently white. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like um, to further ex- expand on my point, um, during the film disclosure, we learned that some of the films that D.W. Griffith had produced were actually like films based on like terrible racist tropes and stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like black black actors being portrayed by like white people doing blackface, mm-hmm. and also just like like a very harmful. Um, Tropes like portraying trans people and non binary individuals. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Florida and Chapman, which they talk about during the film?
0: Um, yes. So essentially, the plot of the movie was that a woman took, she ate a seed and the next day it started ma- uh, turning her into a man and she like grew a mustache and mm-hmm. started growing hair. And then her um maiden wh- was a wh- white woman dressed in blackface and she gave her the seed to take and as soon as this woman was turning um into a man she became very aggressive and very mm-hmm. like scary and um was trying to like harm them or you know mm. hurt them in some type of way and it was really disturbing to watch just to see how like um two terrible oppressions were happening at once like yeah. not only were they being extremely racist and
1: like transphobic literally yeah. Yeah. because like um the film essentially portrays like maybe it wasn't it wasn't too bad in the way that it portrayed white, white, the, the white transgender experience because eventually that white mm-hmm. that white man was respected and was like a member of society. The one who ate the seed. Yeah, the one yeah. who ate the seed. Um, but uh, like the fact that it, that wasn't afforded to black people, mm-hmm. it just really calls into question like the sort of forms of like. Um, like, is, is justice for this community afforded to everyone still today? Mm -hmm. Or is it just for, like, certain, certain people within the community? Mm -hmm. I mean, you and Mm -hmm. I see it in the, like, a lesbian community. Like,
0: there Mm -hmm. is a ton
1: of representation for white lesbians, but is there a ton of representation for black and brown lesbians? Not really.
0: Yeah. Um... When they were talking about the Florida enchantment, Brian Michael Smith um, talked about the transmasculine experience, and he said that, so even in this gender transgressive fantasy, you still have white characters in blackface portraying these horrible, fantastical versions of black people. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely a history, there's a racist history of emasculating the black man and we still see that today, where comedy comedians, there was like a clip with um, Jamie Fox, and then another person who was on SNL. I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. um, but he, Jamie Foxx was essentially telling him like, "Oh, you have to, you have to wear a dress in order to make people laugh. Like you, mm-hmm. that's how, that's how people are gonna like you." Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I definitely have seen that in Mm -hmm. a lot of um, different media representations, I think with both genders, I think, like, emasculating the black man and um, Mm -hmm. masculating black women and taking away their own femininity. Right. Yeah.
1: Honestly, the representation of trans black and brown people seems to be so complex Mm -hmm. because i don't know like i would see how in amongst white people like having men dress like a feminine would be like applauded but obviously when we considered historically how like how like white institutions have treated black and brown people we understand that 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 there's truly something more to it than it just being comedy right mm-hmm. like and I'm glad that the film really focused on um the sort of on intersect on the intersectionality Mm-hmm. that comes with this identity and I think it really has to do with the fact that um, like the wonderful work of uh, Laverne Cox was included mm-hmm. and that sort of vision really made the film more inclusive than I feel like other like uh we're exploring mm-hmm. films and documentaries mm-hmm. have yeah. been
0: in the past. Yeah. I mean they showed which I you and I haven't even seen right. Stonewall in the movie that was um, that went over mm-hmm. the Stonewall riot. And I mean I we haven't seen it because we know it's mm-hmm. whitewashed and because we know that like literally the person that they show throwing the brick mm-hmm. is like this mm-hmm. white <laughs> boy and I just think like that sometimes people on the outside look at the LGBTQ plus community Mm -hmm. and think like, oh, they're all the same, or oh, they're so united, Mm -hmm. they all get along, they all um, are like one big happy community. Mm -hmm. And I think as much as like I've kind of been naive in certain Mm. points to think that that is the truth and like, oh, because I have this shared identity mm-hmm. or, or because I'm in the same community right. as this person, like, we get along automatically or, like, we have the same experiences, but in reality, we don't. Right. And I think that there's so many identities that are intersectional that, um, you know, ha- make us go through certain experiences because of those oppressions.
1: right. Um I do wanna I do wanna definitely highlight that I don't know where you like the audience is at is like if you consider yourself queer, if you don't, mm-hmm. but the LGBTQ plus community does not exist outside of racism and outside of patriarchy. Yeah. Like what? those two things are very well embedded within the community. And it's like our job as uh, LGBTQ plus members or queer people to really acknowledge that and also begin the like reconstruction of like the community so that it is inclusive of everyone. And I want to say that because um, throughout the film disclosure, we also saw how the public reacted differently to um different trans people mm-hmm. on the basis of race. Oh yeah. So um uh, we learned that uh we learned we learn of like uh the first uh openly trans woman who like gets a gender reassignment surgery and is like applauded by the u.s do you remember that clip well you and i had actually talked about that before how oh, like,
0: the one in the 50s yes the, yeah that was in the pride documentary yeah. on hulu and yeah. it wasn't that
1: insane to think about that mm-hmm. like that was a possibility and meanwhile like black and brown women were getting like killed at mm-hmm. insane rates and here was like a, a white trans woman really yeah. getting applauded for her mm. identity. No.
0: If you, if before I had learned about that, if you would have told me, like, oh, did you know that there was a white trans woman, like, in the media in the 50s mm-hmm. um, that was, like, accepted and, like, yeah. people were interested in and people weren't being as hateful right. as they are today, I would have been like, no, <laughs> like, that's not, yeah. that's not true. But, um, yeah, so should we move on to when they bring up Silence of the Lambs? Yes. So, <laughs> <I'm okay. laughs> I've never seen it. I never want to see it. I'm glad I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Honestly, I want to be honest with you. I kind of, like, zoned out when this was happening. Mm. I know the gist of what was mentioned in the disclosure film, but would you like to talk about it? Yeah, yeah.
0: So it was about, like, the serial killer who hunts... Um, women to um, trigger warning um, skin them and essentially wear their bodies to appropriate the female form Mm -hmm. and Jen Richards brings up the point that this is often a feminist argument against trans women that trans women want to replace um, the female form and I think that feminists would argue that it's like you know men trying to do this because mm-hmm. they were assigned men male at birth yeah but um i hope that this theory or like this argument against trans women isn't still within the f- feminist community i mean i'm sure i'm sure it is mm-hmm. but we just don't see it right but mm-hmm. yeah when i when she said that i was like oh what yeah. the hell like right. i've I've never heard that
1: I okay so a little bit more on that I feel like I as much as I hate it I feel like I've heard feminist arguments that mm. have alluded to that idea yeah. I mean I don't I can't recall off the top of my head what JK Rowling said about mm. trans women but it definitely sounded very similar like mm. and the crazy thing is that these like very subtle like Takes that are like uh, transphobic just like have such crazy violent roots, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it really goes back to debates over biology. It seems that the feminists mm-hmm. who do think this way somehow think that a uh, woman as a gender identity is inherently tied to the sex you're assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Mm. and obviously that's like completely false like the gender you identify with uh can be the sex you were assigned at birth but mm. it also happens that it this changes or changes over time or or it or it's just like not how you identify mm. and so um yeah like i I, oh, and then, like, we also learn from the film that, like, some of the plot lines that, like, trans people are given in, like, modern film and television is that they're killed off with diseases, like, um, yeah. diseases related to their assigned sex. And so this yeah. way of, like, sort of punishing, like, punishing trans
0: people. Yeah, like in Grey's Anatomy, I right. remember the one that's, like, where they made, they made the trans actress say, like, you're telling me that my hormones are killing me. Right, so yeah. if I want to become a woman, I'm going to die. Like, mm-hmm. and that was just in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's... It's so terrible. I mean, because, like, you know, we we know that we see transgender women getting killed in the media. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that that was on, like, Mm -hmm. Criminal Minds and different Mm -hmm. shows like that, um, where it's just like, oh, another murder case. She was probably a Mm -hmm. prostitute. That's what they were saying. But then even just the less violent, or I don't even want to say less violent, but the Mm -hmm. less um, kind of in-your-face right. violence, you know, and, and gruesomeness. Yeah.
1: Implicit. Like yeah.
0: Them. Yeah, they, like, even that is just, like, so harmful. Like, Probably, the amount of kids yeah. that watch that sh- I mean, I know I watched it when I was, like, mm-hmm. in, in junior in high, high, and it's... Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: like, I mean, plenty of the people being interviewed talk about, like, how as trans people trans identifying people like the problem that they encountered as like kids was that like not only were these portrayals of trans people the first trans stories that like cis straight people were seeing Mm -hmm. about trans people and thus the first introduction they even had to the identity but they were also the first introductions to actual trans people and so it affected the way they thought about themselves and that's just like insane to think about because I can definitely think about a few times that like the only point of reference I had for lesbianism Mm -hmm. was literally like a joke On
0: TV. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think um, I forgot which actress was talking about it, but they said, uh, going back to Silence of the Lambs, they said that when they came out to their good friend, Mm. like, they were like, this woman is intelligent. She's so, um, she's so kind. She's so this and that. And when I told her, like, I am going to start transitioning to become, to Um, be Mm -hmm. a woman Uh, her friend goes like Buffalo Bill which was the serial killer in Silence of the Lambs and I mean that just like exactly proves your point like media representation is so important and when you do something that extreme and harmful like there's there's consequences and there's effects to that and it's just The documentary does get a little overwhelming at some points with just, like, how much bad representation there is. Mm. Because it's probably going to take, like, decades to Mm -hmm. create, like, more good representation Mm. than bad. But right now, we have a lot more bad representation than good.
1: Right. I do want to talk about the L word.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Okay. And I, I should have said, like, okay, like, moving on. Like no, no,
0: you just got to rip the band-aid off. <laughs> Let's talk about it.
1: So, for the, the audience who might not know what the L word is, <laughs> the L word is a early 2000s uh, show depicting the lives of this lesbian and bisexual friend group. Um like all of the characters are um skinny skinny, conventionally attractive, um like
0: Naked at least every episode. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of cheating involved.
0: Oh my gosh. Like let's like
1: we could be here all night (laughs) talking about like the harmful stuff they talk Mm -hmm. about they portray amongst lesbians. Mm
0: -hmm. You know it's it's very white, it's very... Like, all of them are rich. They live in California. Like, right. it's a... You know, even though that community exists out there, like, there are rich, skinny, white lesbians out in L.A., but um, it's a very small community, and um, at the same time, I think that the L Word did kind of mm-hmm. give something for the lesbian community to talk about, and, you know, f- for white lesbians, it was, you know, their first wit- mm-hmm. or their first time seeing themselves on television, right. even if it was, you know, not the best portrayal of them. It was one of their first times. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about, though, um, the first trans character they had mm, Max Max yes so you definitely are far farther along in <laughs> the element <older laughs> than I am mm, maybe, oh. maybe not. <laughs> so the so Max was is a uh, trans man and and he is essentially um in the show depicted as a butch woman. Yeah. Or like, at least that's how the characters want really, to see him. Yeah, or treat him. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the clips that Disclosure included was a clip of another character uh, sort of uh, confronting Max about wanting to get gender reassignment cat
0: are you talking about cat yeah cat yeah was yeah she said it saddens me to see so many of our strong butch girls giving up their womanhood to be a to be a man
1: that's yeah that was
0: stupid yeah um i think that like they brian michael smith um said it really well, that they were looking at trans people through a lesbian lens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when... I think that a feminist or a lesbian argument at the time was like, look, they were seeing a lot of um, Mm -hmm. masculine women or maybe just, Mm -hmm. you know, women in general increasingly enter the lesbian community and become trans men. And I think that that was... an insecurity of theirs and almost a threat to theirs as well like oh why do why do all of a sudden like if if those trans men kept their sexuality of being into women like that goes against everything that um gay or lesbian women and bisexual women have been taught like Mm -hmm. or or are trying to tell themselves like you know I don't have to be a man to be in a relationship with a woman I don't have to be masculine to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with a woman you know I you're already going against the binary and then for people in your community to be like no like I actually am a man Mm -hmm. um I think at the time like who had a hold on yeah. Hollywood and who had a hold right. on the mainstream media was just insecure about mm-hmm. people wanting a different gender.
1: Yeah. And also just like this this denial of gender and sexuality being a spectrum and mm. not being two like separate
0: like, things. Two
1: sep well like yeah, or being like or th- I feel like at that point, in, in the early 2000s, gender was definitely still, like, thought of as, like, these two separate things that mm. were inherently linked to um, the sexuality you were- the sex you were assigned. Yeah, at
0: sorry. yeah. I like, <laughs> sorry. I think it's, like- sorry. I think it's kind of interesting to see how- sexuality was kind of accepted mm-hmm. before gender non-conforming or gender transi- transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's... Because it's more accepted, sometimes that's, like, where people go to first mm-hmm. is their sexuality. Right. But, like, we, I mean, we've been learning that just, like, gender mm-hmm. gender seems to piss people off more <laughs> than yeah. sexuality. Like, it's one thing mm-hmm. for... you know a gender conforming person to be queer and to be gay but it's another for them to be wearing a dress when they were assigned female or male at birth
1: I just think like within the LGBT community there's still a lot of improvement to be done Mm. about the way in which we acknowledge gender and sexuality as separate things that also exist within a spectrum and not at like opposite definitive points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, okay, I do want to end this on a happy note <laughs> and I want to acknowledge all the amazing um, improvements that have been done in the General representation of trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you really like Pose.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, if you haven't watched Pose, go watch it. I think it's on Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really great show that went over ballroom culture in the '80s and the '90s, mm-hmm. um, and it specifically um, all the main characters were people of color, and all there was. Um, the leads were all um, transgender women of color and it was it was just such a great show they won awards for it
1: and I do want to acknowledge that the L Word Generation Q Mm -hmm. is a uh, it's a a sequel yeah. yeah it's a sequel to the original L Word and this came out like in 2020 and the new L Word actually has um, two trans characters. Although these identities are very integral to who they are, their storylines are so genuine s- and so, like... S- so much
0: more yeah. than just being trans. Right. No. And- if you haven't checked that out, also check that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's on Showtime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that's it. I would really like to thank anyone who tuned in and listened to our podcast. Yes. Um, yes. We do want to uh, give credit to the documentary film Disclosure, which we did mention its creators and producers at the beginning of the show.
0: Thank you to our lovely TA and professor for letting us um, work on this podcast together. I had a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we could... Maybe do another podcast <laughs> for yeah. the class. Mm-hmm. Or for another GWS class. So. And thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye everyone. Sexual
1: binder. Mass me up here, but no one does it better.
0: There's nothing better. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel That's just the
1: way you make uh-huh. feel. So good, so good, so fucking real uh.